Hey, one and fibers. I am Adam Renshaw. I'm here with Rebecca Mussetter. Hi. And Shelly Sutherland is in the studio with us today. It's so good to have Shelly. Um, we're going to talk about community resilience today. Um, we're going to talk about vital community conditions, and we actually have seven and, things, and things that... Um, just let's just let's just get first things first. What oh. I really want to know from Shelley Sutherland is some information about a passion of yours. I know community is a passion, but I've also heard that Star Trek is a passion. Totally, totally. Yeah. So in a world where we're quarantining regularly, here's my question for you. You're quarantined on a desert island. That's how we do it now in this <laughs> fantasy world. <laughs> And you only have one DVD player and access to one Star Trek series. Which is the series and why? Can I can I bring water? Assume that you have enough water to keep you alive while you watch the Star All Trek series. All of the episodes. And food, yeah, and food. yeah, yeah. So definitely uh, Next Generation. Next Generation. Yeah. And that's the one with William Shatner. No, and no, 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 Leonard Patrick Nimoy. Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Mm -hmm. um, oh, that's the one Captain where Captain Picard. He always yeah. says number one. Or yes. Number yeah. two. What does he call him? <laughs> Not number two. <laughs> he calls him number one, I, I right? He does. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what what was that character's name? Um, the the number one guy. Riker. Will Riker. Will Riker. Yeah. That's, wow. I always thought that was such a great name. So why, why that one over the other Star Treks? I mean, there's, I mean, there's a million Star Treks, aren't there? There are, yeah. Yeah, well, the first series is pretty painful to watch. <laughs> <laughs> and the references to women and, yeah. Okay, so, okay. so that one's a little bit dated. And I, I just like Generations because there, there's so many, like, interesting, fun sci-fi themes that come out of that. And human themes, which are really the best science fiction, right, is helps us to find our own humanity and what it means to be human. And so I, there were just like tons of episodes that explored some of those um, deep issues of what it means to be human. And you've, you've likened Star Trek to sort of like a Peace Corps? Peace Corps in, in space. space. Yeah, yeah. Right? I've always loved that concept of, you know, just going out and uh, meeting new people and doing good and and um, not violating the prime directive, right? What was the prime directive? To not interfere with the development of other That's civilizations, right? right? So, so I, I recently watched Into Darkness. Where they violate the prime directive. In the very first scene of the movie, right? Yep. That's, that's what it's what? all about. Oh. Um, it's the one with uh, Chris Pine and um, Zachary Quinto. Um, and... Uh, they, oh. There's a, a volcano about to go off mm -hmm. on a planet, and they intervene to save the lives of the people, mm -hmm. but in the process, a bunch of stuff goes wrong, and then Spock has to, Spock writes a report that has all the truth in it, and uh, 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 Captain Kirk, Kirk. Uh, lies on his report, and so he gets demoted. And, uh. But they violate the prime directive by interfering. Yeah. Yeah. So which so the thing that's so interesting about Star Trek Generations, Next Generation is the focus on what it means to be human. That's yeah. the that's what you enjoy. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> so is is Picard your favorite captain then? I guess so. I kinda like Janeway. Janeway. And now what's Captain Jane? Janeway? She was um 
What what ship does she captain? What was her ship? I don't remember who Janeway is. Yeah. Which one was that? That was the one after um, Next Generation. Deep Space Nine. Nine. No, it wasn't that one. Mm -mm. Voyager? Voyager. Voyager. How yeah. do I even know this? You are so I don't know, good. but you're with it. All right. Uh -huh. I'm okay. reaching. I'm really reaching in so my then archives So that's probably here. the ship that she captured, uh, mm -hmm. captains, is yep. the Voyager. Yeah. Okay. And why would she, I mean, why does she have against, I mean, how could she compete with Picard? Um, I think I just liked how she came at it from more of a, um, a female point of view of leadership. You okay. know, that kind of uh, sort of a different style of leadership. Okay, I found our segue, which is female leadership. Well, and you have a very unique style. So, so let's agreed. This is <laughs> this is this is good because we've worked together for we worked together for a couple of years. Three. Three years. Yeah, okay. A little over three. Um, and I really, really appreciated your uh, style of leadership. In fact, Shelley was my boss. Um, when she worked for BVHC, but you've since moved on to other things. Um, other things being you started work for the MPCA, that's the Montana Primary Care Association, for those of you who struggle with the acronyms. Um, you? Yeah. Struggle with the acronyms. Yes, I do. Okay. Thank you. Um, but you're still doing work with Best Beginnings and Healthy Harden yes. here in the local community. Yes. Can you explain what Best Beginnings is, what Healthy Harden is, how they sure. intertwine? Yeah, so Best Beginnings, um, it's an early childhood coalition, started back in uh, 2012, um, and I was actually working for public health at the time. Okay. And so we gathered... Um, Which is right next door, that's why she pointed yeah, over yeah, there. Yeah, over there to public health, <laughs> and uh, um, we gathered together... Um, representatives from about 30 organizations who work with young children and their families. Um, and our, our mission was to improve early childhood systems in Bighorn County. And so that coalition has been going for eight years eight now. Years. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So what's the, what is like the most recent iteration of Best Beginnings? So we've had a lot of different people over the years. Um, as you can imagine, people come and go from jobs. And so our, our focus, what we actually do in terms of activities, has changed a lot over the years. Um, right now, we're really focusing on um, we do some uh, child, child care provider training um, three or four times a year. We're just now getting um, trying to make the switch over to virtual training because we've always done those in person mm -hmm. okay. um, and so hopefully by the end of this month we'll have a plan in place for how we can continue those on we have lots of materials to give out to our local child care providers and those are people who like run daycares yep okay yep yeah so our licensed child care providers um, in Hardin as well as you know we've worked with um, like Songbird and um, some of the other uh, providers over at Crow um, and you know we've we um, we we've had some pretty strong partnerships um, across, you know, with the um, kindergarten readiness center and, okay. and some other um, early care and education providers. So the most recent thing is we're um, we're moving down to um, the the chamber depot. So we've moved our all of our 
Dust Beginnings um, toys and games. Those and, are some cool looking toys. Yeah, I have to say. learning centers. Um, we focus on um, a lot of health and wellness stuff. So one of our big initiatives is early nutrition awareness for families. And so we have tons of like centers for kids to play with that have to do with fruits and vegetables. And so can you describe a center? What's a center? So a cent one of the centers that we have is a like a pretend store and we have little shopping carts. And so kids can go into the store and ask the storekeeper to hand them different fruits and vegetables to put in their cart. And then there's a little cash register and they can. Oh, sweet. Yeah. yeah. So you're working on a whole range of developmental skills and at the same time doing that nutrition ed piece. I think I've kids. seen you guys doing that at the farmer's yep. market. I didn't realize yep. that's what that was. Yeah. My so kids we, do that with the Lego people. And they have a whole system of like buying and selling that's just <laughs> blows me away. It's way beyond me. And we but, had those little my plate games where kids mm -hmm. can put um, the different food groups on their plate. Okay. That I was really fascinated last year at the market. Those even the little kids who could not even talk yet could match up the. They could put fruits and vegetables mm -hmm. on their plates. And so that's all part of best beginnings. It huh? is. It's all part of best beginnings. And then we have our sensory play that we do. Mm -hmm. Um, with you know the sand tables, which are super popular and that kind and of stuff. And that's the sand that forms. Yeah, and the sifty sand. And, okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Water beads and all those kinds of great sensory. Play oh, I that's bet good water beads are kids. fun with yeah. kids and yeah, the very has fun. Super fun. Blast out. People so enjoy sweeping up that sand when we do that inside. So those are actually better outside activities. And we have finger paint and sometimes we do shaving cream and all those kind of stuff. So, awesome. Yeah. So those kinds of things, um, we want to set be able to set that up down at the depot. Gotcha. Um, so that we could have a like a one day a week um, time when families can come or child care centers can come. And of course it's tricky during these COVID times. So yeah. we have to figure out how we can keep everybody safe. Um, we're working with, with our public health nurse, Esther, to work through all that stuff. But but ideally, we could have those centers set up, and then we could, um, you know, disinfect toys between groups. Of so kids. you are planning on having something available to community members that is safe? It's safe, yeah. And so, you know, like sibling groups could come in, or if people have those bubbles of kids who play together normally, um, kids who've already shared each other's germs. And I can see, like, I guess I'm thinking about this. I can see how this relates to the health of a community. Mm -hmm. um, can you can you explain maybe maybe more in depth how having these activities? Uh, I mean, I see relationship building is a is a big piece of this, right? Communities are um, and well communities, healthy communities, vibrant communities, resilient communities have this connection. Right, both physical and um, social connections between people. That's kind of what, if you think about what is a community, um, you know, is it just people who live in the same region or is there, you know, like another level of when people say, oh, this feels like a real community, they mean that connectedness, right? Sure. So having those events and places where families can come um, and be safe and have proactive things going yeah. on. When you say that, I think, you know, my, the embodiment in my mind is the River Valley Farmers Market. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. there's, there is like a lot of levels of things happening and I can feel it in some, you know, really, you know, I can feel it in some sense that I have a hard time describing that there is that sense of community. Like I belong to this place. Yeah. 
I can recognize some of the people who are at the market from other things that I do, not just coming to the market. You know, there's there's music, there's light, there's kids running around doing mm-hmm. sensory play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I now have a word for that. Um, there's people buying food, healthy food, or, you know, engaging in commerce. All of those things yeah. feel like what you're describing when you describe a healthy community. Yep. So it's hit, hitting on all of those elements of, you know, health and safety. Um, so food access, right, which is the main thing underlying the market. We actually, through Healthy Harden, we actually started off um, working on active communities. And uh, we weren't making a lot of progress in the strategies that we were trying to do, which was around, you know, getting sidewalks and, and what is healthy safe routes to school. Can you help tell That's us what Healthy Harden is? Healthy Harden Community Development Partnership, and that's the um, the organization that started the River Valley Farmers Market. Okay, um, six years ago. Yeah. yeah. So, so you started with trying to get sidewalks and and safe and accessible street policy and okay. um, those kinds of things, and we just weren't making we we weren't making progress. We couldn't really engage the right partners to okay. get that work going, and so um, we went to this big training event. Um, Building Active Communities Initiative training. We got this whole team of people together to go to this training in Bozeman, and we spent two days there learning all about healthy communities and active communities and things that we could do around, um, you know, built environment, um, okay. um, some uh, um, economic development stuff, downtown revitalization. Um, we learned how to do a walking audit. I mean, it was really fun. We came Which back super excited. The sidewalk. No, I've worked, app thing? Yes, okay. which is still live. Yeah. We can still do the sidewalk survey, but that's like a, okay. yeah. Yeah, remember those trail maps yeah. that we yeah. did? Yeah, so that's kind of where we started. We, we found some routes that were safe to walk where the sidewalks were good so anybody could walk them, mm-hmm. even if you had an assisted device like a walker or something. Um, but a lot of the sidewalks in town, we have a lot of sidewalks, but a lot of them are pretty crumbled up. Okay. Um, and so our goal was to identify some routes, and then have a connector so that we could have one big route through town. So if people wanted to do a mile, they could do a section. If they wanted to do two miles, if they wanted to do sure. eight miles. Um, yeah. Yeah. So eight we, miles? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Some people are overachievers. Like, I, like are, you, are you an eight-miler? <laughs> I, <laughs> I might do an eight-mile. She's a 10,000 at least <laughs> step a day person that yeah. I do know. Yeah. So anyway, we um, our goal was let's try to get this. Um, nice sidewalk route from the school to the activity center. And then we had these other trails um, and those, so that we'd have this one through town. And and we just ran into, you know. Barrier <laughs> after barrier. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I'm hearing economic development. I'm hearing, you know, best beginnings like child or early childhood education, things like that. Um, you know, one of the things you brought up before our interview today um, was the seven – vital conditions and it sounds like could you talk a little bit about sure what are the seven things that so we're talking about? i mean there's there's a lot of these systems where people say oh here's what a healthy community looks like sure. you know, i ran into a bunch when i was doing research on communities. yeah yeah but i kind of like these they make sense okay. there's only seven instead of ten so i don't have to memorize as many <laughs> you know i'm and, in favor of that <laughs> it's not four though, and so. they kind of resonate with me but they came out of this um win network um well-being in the nation network. Um, and so a lot of communities around the country are kind of using these as, as a jumping off place to get some broad-based uh, community work going okay. and get 
like really broad levels of engagement, civil engagement from um, all kinds of groups across their communities. But it's it's nice to sort of have a framework or a place to start with people. So so um, this is a nice framework. And so there's these seven conditions um, that are associated with resilient or healthy communities. Um, and the first one is health and safety. So that would be just basic, you know, food access stuff, okay. um, what we were working on in Healthy Heart and a lot of that work. Um, uh, safe places to be physically active every day, access to healthy foods, access to health care, those kinds of things. Okay. Um, another one is lifelong learning. So having an excellent system of education from birth, starting with, you know, Meadowlark and the stuff that Heather Bearcloud does with yes. childbirth classes, prenatal care, early childhood, which is where that Best Beginnings Coalition fits in, okay. um, K-12 up to university and then into um older age as well. Right. So when I think lifelong learning, I'm thinking of adult education classes or um, yep. those restorative yoga classes that Bethany Krenup was running. For sure, yeah. yeah. Or like Earl takes language lessons three days a week Does online. He? Yeah. So that's his um, dementia prevention strategy. Yeah. So he's learning. Um, he's pretty fluent in Spanish now, and he's learning Cachacao, <laughs> which is like a Mayan language. Wow. Um, and then um, Gaelic, he's been studying now. Oh, my goodness. And German. So anyway, that's, you know, another, that lifelong learning He'll piece. have a, another career as a UN translator. Yeah. Helps with yeah. Yeah. genius, too. Because he, um, he just wants to keep working for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. So we've got um, health and safety, lifelong learning, um, reliable transportation, um, humane housing, um, meaningful work and wealth. So having jobs that bring meaning to our lives and being able to make a living, it's that whole economic development piece. Um, and then um, connectivity and civil in civic engagement. Um, and that's um, that has a lot to do with equity of opportunity and making sure that everybody has access to all of these yeah. pieces. And connectivity feels like something that's really just taken a hit in 2020. Like it's with COVID, mm -hmm. especially. Yeah. 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 But you know what I'm hearing from you is that while it's harder, it's not by no means ended. Nope. Yeah. So you can think of connectivity in a lot of ways. The built environment, right, is all about connectivity. Transportation is about connectivity. Um, and then there's that whole social connectedness piece so that everybody um, is accounted for by somebody in the community. Explain built, uh, built environment. Built environment is all those pieces that we make. Um, so sidewalks okay. are part of the built environment. Um, city blocks. Green spaces. How, okay, yeah. Sure. How, Parks, yeah. You know, how things are connected across your, your town. And, um, you know, we know that a third of, about a third of our people don't drive, right? So kids and older adults don't drive, I've and so how do they? How do those people get around? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So I try to walk it as much as I possibly can, and our town is small enough mm -hmm. to be able to do such a thing. I appreciate the the walking trails. I appreciate yeah. the fairground loops that are out there. I say loops now because of the addition of the airport, uh -huh. uh, the old air run runway. Um, and being able to utilize that. so I used to um, only have the bus. And, well, I used to live in Pittsburgh, which has, a, I think, a you know, very robust public transportation system. So I take the bus to the grocery store. And I was a real fan of powdered drink mixes because it meant you didn't have to carry liquids in your backpack and then up the three flights of stairs. To Added my, weight. 
to my, you know, third story apartment. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. It was, like milk was a luxury, a luxury item. Well, I mean, and I like to run too. So like being able to have, actually now I prefer running out, out of town. I prefer dirt roads just because it's softer on the, knees, the yeah. joints. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but still when I do run in town, I like to, um, kind of feel like I'm safe. In fact, I was running uh, last week, and my kids, they ride bikes. And this one route I take sometimes takes me to railroad or railway, which yeah, one is it? Yeah, yeah, railway. Um, where it has all the, the grain mm-hmm. um, things. Uh, well, we got down there, and Liv was a little slow coming across the street, and there was this car coming, going too fast. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was going to hit Liv. And there's no... Good place for a, a bike to ride on that nope. yeah. side of the road. So all of this stuff really intrigues me. Yeah. Uh, because I, you know, I like to do these types of things in the community that I live in. Yeah. So that's kind of where we started with Healthy Harden. We were going to try to get some bike lanes downtown because we have these really wide streets sure. in Harden. Yes. They're yeah. super wide, wider than we really need. You know, we could take a whole lane out of the middle, right, and put two bike lanes. Sure. Um, you know, but... Then you got to do reverse diagonal parking to make it safe for a bike lane down there. So okay. all of these things, um, people, by the way, hate reverse diagonal parking. I, I We ran into that when we were working on the new building. And the initial plans with the architects, they had put those reverse bike lane, park, or that reverse par, uh, mm-hmm. diagonal, diagonal mm-hmm. parking in there. And that was just uproar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People strongly object to it. Why? Do you know? Do you have any? I, I think just because it's really different. Different, And sure. it seems odd, but it's really easy once you get the hang of it. And then you're pulling out into traffic instead Rather of backing, backing into, into traffic. So it's way, way safer. Yeah. And especially if you're downtown, like shopping, and you want to put stuff in your trunk, okay. your car is backed on up right to the sidewalk. Yes. So you don't have to go on the street to load your car. Yeah. If you've got kids to put in the car... I've never, I'm just, this is all, they're not going into the street, right? Your doors are opening and the kids are protected behind the doors as they're loading from the sidewalk into the car. Fascinating. So it's, it's way, way safer. It's just really hard to get people to change. To to buy that idea. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So actually at our first farmer's market, that's one of the things that we did. We did a demonstration, a reverse diagonal. So we closed the street, but we had all these cars parked, you know, and then we tried to. That would be really funny. Recruit people. You can explain. only park for this event if you participate in reverse <laughs> diagonal. That was yeah. kind of the idea. It was not a big hit. Yeah. Really? It was not a big hit. I have some, still have some scars from that. <laughs> oh no! From that evening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, people can be wonderful, can't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, people care and, about their town, and, and, and that's know, what this works about. It is. Yeah. It's about the people, and that's another big reason for really focusing on civic engagement. Sure. So, not having like the elected officials or people like me who've been through training to come to come in and say, "Hey, let's all do this," right? Yeah. It really needs to be um, a whole bunch of people from a whole bunch of different perspectives um, and groups, um, and you know, ethnicities and socioeconomic status, all, you know, working on this together and figuring things out together. And, you know, like, where do we start with this? So that's kind of where we're going to be heading next with our Healthy Harden group, um, is trying to get some of that broad-based community engagement going. Um, It's hard in COVID, obviously. It's really Mm -hmm. hard to get people excited about stuff when you're just trying to interact over Zoom. 
Um, but this is a great time to be thinking and planning about this, this so stuff. Are there any initiatives that we can look forward to? I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. And that's all you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, I You'll hope have to that... stay tuned for the next time she's on. <laughs> yeah, I hope that with that that we'll see um, some increased interaction between like the chamber board, members of the chamber, um, the Healthy Hardened group, um, and uh, you know, like the like our local food bank, um, and we have this goals group. I don't know if they're still meeting, but that was a group that Jessica. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Generation of inspiring leaders. Yeah. Yes, yes. So I think we have enough of these um, coalitions and things that we can get people who are who care about this, who can then just start with their own neighbors, right? Like a place at the table, have um, you know meetings, small group meetings with people at a table together, sharing a meal, and talking about some of these ideas around vital conditions and what people care the most about and where people think we should start. Because yeah. obviously we can start in a lot of these. I think inviting people over for a meal is a really powerful um, agent of social change mm -hmm. in its own way. Agreed. Which brings me back to the farmer's market because that's where you buy the delicious food to make the meal yeah. for your friends you and neighbors. Say, it brings me back to Star Trek, but it kind of does. <laughs> we need which to brings me back to that weird space fruit that I just can't find at the River Valley Farmer's Market. Ellie will find it for you. Oh, Ellie true. Ross, she can find you anything, any fruit. She brought some of the, the these interesting, delicious fruits to to our market. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So we get the we do a CSA basket with the van orders, and uh, Evan was actually on the podcast. Of, What's a CSA? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm actually, not. I'm not the, I don't know. So that I don't I'm know what the CSA cooperative stands. service agreement. Thank you, um, and it's. So you, you pay in advance, and then you get these vegetables. Whatever they're growing, you, you get a, a basket of them uh, every week or every two weeks. And we just got a weird vegetable that I'd never... I was going to say, do you ever get any mysteries? Exactly. It's called kohlrabi. Oh, Have kohlrabi. You? Kohlrabi, yeah. Oh, okay. I've never had it. How do you it. say it? I call it kohlrabi, but kohlrabi? maybe that's wrong. Okay. I'm going off of what the farmer... Van Order says. Also, don't ask me how to cook it. I'm just talking like okay. I know what I'm how talking about. Same, same here. No, we um, we just had to ask. We mm -hmm. just had to ask him. Well, what do you do? I want to just bake it. So, um, have you got? Oh. You guys like Brussels sprouts? Yeah. Love them. Yeah. So, kohlrabi tasted really a lot like a Brussels sprout. Like we bake our Brussels sprouts yeah. with a little um, yeah. oh, yeah. so oven oil. roasted. That's the way exactly. to do it. Oh, okay. Correct. Yeah. So and, you cut uh, it up and. Okay. Roast it in the oven? So, yeah, we cut it up. Um, the skin is really sort of hard and <laughs> tough. <laughs> so it's probably, you, we were just eating the skin, but we we're kind of like, ah, you know, it's kind of better if you just, like, like chew out that, that meat <laughs> from the inside and not eat that skin. So we kind of figured out the hard way. Can you the, peel it? You can. You totally, that's what Evan said. I asked him later, oh, and he oh. said, yeah, no, just peel it next time. Yeah. Just cut around that and just cook that meat in the middle. So... But, it, I mean, it was, it was great, and it was cool to be able to sort of experience yeah. something new like that. And the reason why I bring up the story is because it really takes us back to, you know, this is a, this is a local farm mm -hmm. um, that's providing this. Weird alien space fruit. And the normal spinach and yeah. kale and, and, um, and uh, uh, beets and, you know, just 
good locally grown fruits and vegetables and I really appreciate their approach too because it's a real healthy approach and it's meant to maximize the, the nutrient content by having a healthy soil and go listen to the other podcast yeah, with Evan yeah. and he explains all of that stuff but it comes back to community yeah, and, and that's why I bring that. It's up. another. It's another whole piece of that market, which is you know, there's the community piece, there's the healthy food piece, and then there's this whole um, building a market for local farmers, right? right? Which is economic development yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and yeah. so I think even though we had to cancel the market this year, I think the vendors did probably better than they have in previous years really? selling their stuff stuff out in the okay around town because yeah. people were looking for it. Yes. Like everybody yeah. wanted flows corn, isn't, right? Isn't that a great yeah, so thing we, that we've created a demand for, like we, as a community, yeah. now have a demand for fresh, locally grown produce. And it's sort of this um, mental thing where August comes and people are kind of expecting it, right? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I, yeah, no, I would just say that's, I mm-hmm. would consider that a success of, of your effort. You know, it's... With all community efforts, it's a group effort. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like the work that you've done through, you know, Best Beginnings, Healthy Harden has been a very important part of that. So, yeah. yeah. And it, you know, it wasn't just me doing it. Yeah. I, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. You, you have a really great way of pulling people together and causing them to align around common beliefs. And so I think that that has been a success. Um, from you, and I really appreciate that about you, Shelley. Yeah, so. thanks for saying that, Adam. One more thing, though. We missed one. We, we did. We, we got to the... connectivity and civic engagement. I, I can only seven? handle six. Um, <laughs> and I, in case the Byrons are listening, it's healthy environment. Healthy environment. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, sorry, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> can you explain healthy but environment a it, little bit? You know, it's it's living in a place where you can drink the water and breathe the air, oh, sure. you know, um, free from pollution and... Uh, you know, all those lovely green spaces that we have. Yes, totally. And Harden, we have beautiful parks yes, where do. people can go and trees. You yeah. know, I, mean, I think we talked about that on the last podcast. About, yes, we did. About trees helping you live longer. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so all of those things in combination. Health and safety, lifelong learning, transportation, humane housing, meaningful work and wealth, connectivity or civic engagement, and a healthy environment. Healthy environment. Yeah. That's the last one. That's pretty sweet. I, I like those seven things. And those that's that's really just meant to be a springboard. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I can envision a process where we have lots of different groups who are looking at these things, right? Hopefully in a semi-organized way, not necessarily all at the same time in the same place. But, you know, having some way to sort of assess these in terms of importance um, to us as people who live here, this is our community. We've got to make it what we want it to be. Right? Agreed. So as people who live here and care about Hardin and Bighorn County, um, which of these things um, are the highest priority? Um, and then kind of where do we already have um, existing assets? You know, so kind of an asset mapping process is what they call it. And so you have teams of people who, you know, collect information and talk to other people they know um, to find out what's going well. And what we can build on, hmm. you know, because obviously we have a, a, a lot of needs here mm-hmm, sure. and not a ton of resources. So where are we going to start? Where can we find some energy in our community? And where can we find some things that are already started that we can build on, like these food system pieces, sure. for example, yeah. that we've I already mean, got 
going. I get overwhelmed with thinking about all of the things that we need to work on really easily. So it helps me to think about, you know, what are we doing well? What can we celebrate? What can we take pride in already? Mm -hmm. Because we do have those things. And it may be that there's some things, if you get the right people in a room together, um, to think about something like housing, there may be some things we can do without a huge influx of cash, right? Just like in terms of policies um, around housing. I've been listening to these uh, healthy community conference webinars through RHI, um, um, Rural Health Institute. um, And, you know, there's some great ideas on that about some of this, how to get communities working together um, to solve problems together or to, you know, to look at um, options together. Well, Shelly, if if someone wanted to get involved in this with Healthy Hardener, with Best Beginnings, or um, what the the pieces that you're a part of, how would they go about doing that? How would they get a hold of you? It's so easy. All they have to do is email or call me, okay. and I'll get them on the email list right away and beg them to come and be part of things. Can you just say your email? Sure. Right now? Um, so. Um, Probably the best one to use is Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-Y dot W dot Sutherland, and that's S-U-T-H-E-R-L-A-N-D at gmail.com. Shelly dot W dot Sutherland at gmail.com. Yep. Or your phone number, a phone number that they can get a hold of you is? 406-679-0424. Awesome. Well, thanks for that. Thanks for this time to... it was really valuable. Thanks, you guys. It was fun. To yeah. me. And I want to thank all of our listeners, too, and, and hope that that was a valuable time for you as well. Um, I know it was for me, and I'm really grateful, Shelly, for you joining us. If you have any questions or comments, you can email me and Abel at the one in five podcast at iCloud.com. And thanks again for joining us. Um, Thanks, Uh, Shelly, so much. Yeah. Thanks, um, you guys. And uh, have a rural healthy day.